there's no way you're going to do something and everyone in the world is going to approve of that or like that. It's just not possible. And we really have to get them focused on the fact that you can't seek approval or respect from everyone. You have to really choose who you want respect and approval from. Welcome to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. How to build the emotional fortitude to win in life and in business. No fluff, just real-world results. I'm your host, Ida Marmorani, ex-Israeli Special Forces, former undercover agent, jiu-jitsu black belt, and mindset expert. Welcome to today's episode, guys. Today, we are going to be wrapping up and summarizing the past Arena Accelerator cohort. We just had about 25 entrepreneurs go through it. And I want to share four main things that I've seen come up again and again. These were really impactful lessons that affected a lot of them. And we want to share them with you guys because maybe you can even take them on without going through the whole program and really get the big stuff out of it and hopefully get help you guys as much as possible. So with that said, welcome, Emil. Thank you for joining me for today. Thank you for having me. And I'm just going to jump in straight away and say, yes, you will get benefit. You will get lessons as from the emails, as from the podcasts. Um, but as a previous Arena alumni myself, very little can compete with the actual process and accountability and weekly check-ins and Itamar. Um, so yeah, just to say that you will get a shitload of benefit from this and surrounding material, but the actual product is the next level. I appreciate it. Thank you, man. All right. So with that said though, let's jump to the first big thing. So what I noticed is that a lot of people, every action you take, you hope you're going to get some kind of reward. That's how we're wired as human beings. It's going to be an action reward or action pain. Then we run away from it. And what I noticed that a lot of the guys, they had issues taking certain actions because they were afraid they were going to have a certain kind of pain because of it. And that pain was not getting approval from people in their network, from the people around them. It was basically social issues. That whole fear of abandonment that we talk about. And what was interesting is that people would say these, when we really got down to their belief structure, they would have these very general things. Like, I need people to like me. I need people to respect me. People. So like everyone. I need everyone to respect me and everyone to like me. And that's just you're setting yourself up for failure. Because it's just not possible. People have such different perspectives, such different opinions, such different desires, that it was the main cause that I saw that a lot of them were procrastinating, not being able to take the actions they wanted to, is because they were putting themselves in a lose-lose position. There's no way you're going to do something and everyone in the world is going to approve of that or like that. It's just not possible. And we really have to get them focused on the fact that you can't seek approval or respect from everyone. You have to really choose who you want respect and approval from. Emil, I feel like you want to jump in. I, I have a take on it and I'm intrigued. So that to me sounds like, yes, wanting this abstract approval. And that is the converse of avoiding this abstract abandonment from they, right? This big yeah. uh, nebulous they. And my theory is, and correct me if I'm wrong, that actually what is happening is it's this, this obstacle is protecting you from challenging the ego and risking failure, risking hurting it. And therefore you put up this obstacle, which is not truly real. Sorry, go on, tell me. I'm not sure that's true, man. I think we're tribal creatures and we do want we, we want some kind of, let's call it, um, how do I say this? How do you call it? those towers on the ocean that guide the ship? Lighthouse. A lighthouse, yes. We want a lighthouse. They know that we're heading in the right direction. 
And a lot of times that lighthouse we use is other people's opinions. And that's when it can get very challenging because other people have various opinions about various things. And especially if you're trying to get approval from everyone in the world, everyone to respect you. That's the subtle difference because like clearly in a tribe, there's a hierarchy and you say, okay, well, these certain people, they need to respect me for my survival. Sure. But if that then becomes a nebulous thing, that is a opportunity to avoid taking a chance, to avoid taking action, to avoid the risk of failure. So I just wonder if that's a protection, self-protection mechanism. Um, Yes. So I think yes, because again, you're afraid to be ostracized by the tribe because if back in the day in the savannas, you're ostracized by the tribe, you're alone in the savannas, you're probably going to die. Now, the problem with that is we haven't caught up to the fact that, first off, we don't live in small tribes anymore. And even if a tribe ostracizes us and says, you're bad, Mm. nothing's going to happen to us. Yeah. That's the first thing. But how you're saying there's a hierarchy, this was a really interesting thing. So what I would say to a lot of these guys that they have this belief structure that I want people to respect me or I need people to like me or I won't do this because people will think this or that. Ask them, who do you really want respect from? You have to be very intentional about this. Say, who do I actually care about? Whose opinion do I care about? And for a lot of them, that was a really interesting moment. They're like, ooh, there's something to think about right here. Because I never actually pinpointed who do I want respect from, whose opinion do I care about, and whose opinion do I not care about. And the most interesting part about the thing that the thread I saw that stuck through the most of them and stuck throughout the program is that they decided that the person they really want respect from, the kind of measuring stick, their lighthouse, is their future self. So they can say, if I'm taking an action right now, regardless of how it feels, but that my future self will say, man, good job for doing that. I'm proud of you for doing that. Then they know they're doing the right thing. And it might sound very abstract, but it's amazing how helpful it is in the moment. When you're just in the moment right now and you ask yourself, you know what? I have two things, two ways I can go with this decision. Which one would my future self look back at and say, man, I'm proud of you for doing that. And seeking approval from your future self when it comes to either decision in your business, or even for some guys, it was drinking more alcohol or less alcohol or getting in better shape, just making those small decisions. If you can just say, what decision will my future self be proud of and use your future self as that measuring stick, as that lighthouse, for a lot of these guys, it just created a giant shift just like that. I like it. I like it a lot. Um, a, a tool I use similarly is what will my future self regret, yeah. um, which is, I, I think, similar but a different frame. Um, yeah. Yeah. So that's number one. So if you feel sometimes this pressure because you don't know if the action you'll take, people will respect it, approve of it, ask yourself, am I clear on who I actually want respect and approval from? And what I've seen work for a lot of people is just say, it's my future self. I want to make decisions that I'll be proud of in hindsight. And that's a simple question. I ask myself a lot of that as well. Is this a decision that I'll be proud of in hindsight? Yes, yes, no, no. Even though it might be tough in the moment. Any questions on that lesson before we wrap that one up? No, that's nice. Real nice. Awesome. Cool. So another part that I noticed is that a lot of the guys had a bit of confidence issues around various things because they weren't able to succeed doing this or succeed in the first couple of years in their business or whatever it may be. And it was very interesting because at first I was a little bit confused because there's going to be a theme here. And during one of the Q and A's, 
I kind of broke up in this little bit of a tangent. I was like, guys, life isn't supposed to be easy. What you're trying to accomplish to build a seven or eight figure business while keep maintaining your health, while having great family life or personal relationships if you don't have kids yet or whatever it may be, it's not easy. And the fact that you maybe haven't nailed it in the first go around doesn't mean that you're not competent. It just means that you haven't figured this out yet, but it shouldn't hurt your confidence and recognize you're, you're on your way still. And it was very interesting because what I noticed that a lot of them had these pre-programmed beliefs that if I'm not able to succeed at something, that means I'm not good. But the reality is if you're trying something really, really hard, you're not supposed to succeed at it at first. That's not how it works. Like when you go surfing, nobody catches their first big wave. It's not how it works. And it was such an interesting realization for a lot of them. As soon as I told them, guys, maybe it's not that you're inherently bad. It's just that you're trying to do something very difficult. And that's why it didn't work out at first. For a lot of them, I could see as soon as they heard that, it released so much pressure. Camille, go ahead. Yeah. So, I mean, I know you're not a huge one for social media, but that is what social media creates. It creates it within mm -hmm. health, with, with six packs yeah. and an image. It creates it with entrepreneurship and to be honest, whenever you talk to people, whether it's across social media or even friends, people don't tell you the shit. They don't tell you the hardship. They just tell you the fluffed up numbers. I hit 50K last month. Oh yeah, but it, none of it was profit, right? You made a loss, <laughs> you know? And you hit it one month out of 24 and every other month you made 5K. Yeah. So yeah. we get fed this image, spoon fed, like hose pipe fed, this image of ease, effortlessness it should be you should be following your passion you should be working three hours a day you should also be in shape at the same time and be a loving father brother whatever the fuck it's hard yeah. so yeah i can see this for sure yeah it's a great point because like you said i'm not on social media a lot let's put it that way but yeah it was very interesting because everybody had not everybody a lot of these guys had this perception that it's supposed to be easy and if it's not easy for them, then maybe they're not good enough or maybe they're not capable. And that in of itself was creating this giant burden and procrastination because it was shooting their confidence. And basically like your level of your confidence is usually your action threshold. If you're not confident in yourself, you won't take a lot of action. If you are confident, you'll give yourself permission to take more action because you believe in yourself and the outcomes you can create. And that kind of warped reality of thinking, well, if it's not coming easy to me, then that means I shouldn't be confident in myself. I'm not good enough is what stop them from taking a lot of actions that will really impact positively their life and their business. So I think that's a big, big lesson. Like life isn't supposed to be easy. If you're trying to achieve something that's really difficult, it's really rare building up a giant business while maintaining your health, while maintaining relationships, family life, whatever it may be. So when you have hiccups, again, don't take that as a sign that you're not competent. Just recognize this is part of the process. And beyond that, I think it's really powerful to anticipate the stumbles. So that when you do have a slip up, you do have a blowout, whatever it may be, you don't immediately think, oh, why am I doing this? I'm, ah, I knew I wasn't good enough for this. I knew this is over my head. But just so you know, okay, on the way to eight figures, nine figures, whatever it may be, in this conversation, the relationship is really hard. I know there's going to be stumbles and that's just a part of the game. So when I see that, I'm not going to take it as a sign that I'm doing something wrong. I'm just going to be like, okay, I see you here. This is an emotion I expected. This is something I expected. It's part of it. How Emil saying, we all have blowouts at time. We all have frustrations. We all mess up. And what I found really helpful for myself is to kind of expect and accept that these things are going to happen. 
Because then when they do arise, it's like, okay, this is supposed to be here. It's like, why did I just get wiped out of the wave? Because I'm a beginner surfer. And that's what it's supposed to be. I'm trying to learn how to surf. And the more I think you can adopt that mentality in life, the more free you are to just explore and go for things and not feel like if you're not doing things perfectly, it's a sign to stop. Yeah. A really nice way of looking at it is the um, eternal student, the white belt mindset. Yep. Like if you assume you're always learning and it's always going to be new and, and interesting and exciting, amazing. You've instantly framed it in such a way that, oh, I stumbled. Yeah, of course, I'm a student. I'm learning. What lessons can I find here? What a yeah. mindset to go through life. Yeah. And for me, like, uh, so I'm a black belt in jiu-jitsu and adopting that white belt mentality, I think in jiu-jitsu taught me how to do this in life. So my big benefit was that I moved to Brazil just when I was at the end of my white belt. I got promoted in Brazil, I think a couple of weeks after I got there to blue belt. But the gap between me and most of the guys at the gym when I just got there was so immense because there were a lot of guys that were brown and black belt world champions that I had, there wasn't a place for my ego. I had to adopt the white belt mentality because I was just getting murked. I was just getting smashed all day long. And it enabled me just that gap and just not being able to have my ego there because it was so, the gap was so ridiculous. It really allowed me to look at this as, okay, I have a privilege of rolling with these high level black belts and every day they're going to keep exposing flaws in my technique. They're not going to show me that I'm not good enough. They're going to help me expose flaws in my technique. And because you adopted, I adopted that kind of mindset, I never got, I don't know, disappointed or I never got demotivated. I was like, this is great. I'm getting to improve my technique so much. And if you adopt that white belt mentality, like Emil was saying and say, okay, I want to learn how to build a big business. I want to learn how to become a better version of myself. Every time an issue arises, it just exposes something you can improve on. And it's just framing it in that kind of way. It really helps. There's another aspect is humility and uh, getting the ego out of the way. So yes, we're fed all this stuff, which makes us think we should be better than we are, but also we, we have this assumption potentially that we're better than we are. And then when that doesn't happen, we get upset. So an example, I've been in the fitness space for 20 years. I have forgotten more than most people know yet. I still have a trainer. And when I work with these trainers, I always learn something new. But if I went in with an arrogance of, you know, shut up, let me school you. I would yeah. block that out. So I'm constantly asking questions, constantly learning. Yeah, I think it's great. Cool. Wrapped up that point. Life isn't supposed to be easy and it doesn't mean you're not good. Just some things are hard. Keep learning forever. Yep. All right. Now, number three, you have to learn to be okay with having a feeling. Here's what I mean by that. A lot of the things we do in the program are to help you kind of understand cognitively and break down certain fears. So things aren't as scary, but the reality is at the end of everything, if you're in your growth zone, it literally means you're not in your comfort zone and there's going to be some uncomfortable emotions there. For example, a fear of judgment, a fear of failure, whatever it may be. And if you can get comfortable with knowing, okay, I'm going to meet this emotion there. And it's not a sign that I need to run in the other direction. It's not an indicator that something's wrong. It becomes really, really powerful. I love this one. Yeah. So go ahead. I've got, I've got, I think two things there. So please one, you can use that feeling of discomfort, anxiety, whatever it is as a measure of the edge. 
you're not feeling anything, you're probably mm. well in your comfort zone. So as you start to feel it, you're like, oh, okay, this is, this is good. This is right. Too much is not good, but finding that sweet spot, you want to stay there. And then the better you can get at sitting with these emotions and getting comfortable with these emotions means you're increasing your capacity to lean into more discomfort because what yeah. used to be a sweet spot, you're now you're fine with, you can, you can adapt to, you can perceive it in such a way. So you can then push harder and do more, but that is, that also fluctuates gone. Basically what Emil is saying guys is that by pushing the envelope of your growth zone and living there, you actually expand your growth zone yes. itself. Yes. And, and that's the beautiful thing. It's like why a lot of people say, Oh, how is he able to push himself constantly or this about various people? Because their growth zone has constantly been pushed. It's like training a muscle. You yep. train your biceps, they're going to get bigger. You train your growth zone, it's going to get bigger. It's just what it is. It's time under tension inside the growth zone. So go ahead. And, and just like muscles, um, this fluctuates. So if something that you can cope with, usually um, you, you suddenly can't, that's fine. That That's the, the, the trend will be upwards, but there will be daily ups and downs. And sometimes you will yep. overreach and you will need to then back off to be able to then keep going up. And that's part of the journey. Yeah. But again, I kind of want to go back to, to how this forms. So in the program, we go a lot to people's belief structures and we try to minimize the amount of fear or discomfort they have around things. A lot of times we make things out to be more scary in our heads than they actually are. We have a distorted view of reality. Think, oh, if I do this and I mess it up, then everyone's going to hate me. I'm going to lose the business and so on and so on. And what we try to do in a lot of levels is to cognitively help them understand that the level of the magnitude of potential harm you think is actually going to come to you is not true. It's just your subconscious lashing out and going to these extremes. Now, what's important to recognize that a lot of these guys are able to get, let's say, the, the fear around taking an action that really take their business or their personal life to the next level down from, let's say, a nine to a two. But what was really important for them to recognize that I wasn't aware that I felt like I was missing something because some of them were still hesitant was to recognize that that two it might still exist there and that's perfectly fine. Again, you having a certain level of discomfort, it doesn't mean that something's wrong. Doing something instead of having a feeling of, ah, oh, what if I fail? What if people judge me? What will people think? What will this happen? It's not an indicator to run the other way. It's not a sign that you're doing the wrong thing. It's just a part of the process of really moving, exploring and growing. And for a lot of them, it was such an interesting shift when I was like, guys, it's okay if you still have a feeling. And again, like we said earlier, if you can anticipate that feeling, then it's even more powerful. Oh, I'm about to do this. Okay, logically, I figured out that this isn't actually as, as severe as it could be, even if I mess it up. But I also know that while I'm going through it, I'm still going to feel that discomfort. I'm still going to be with that emotion. And if I can learn to sit with it and accept it and not try to run away from it as soon as a pinch of it comes on, that's when you can become really powerful. You can take a lot of actions really fast. Yeah. That quote, right? Um, courage is not lack of fear, but taking action regardless of it. Yeah. And it's like, it's, it's the whole paradox. I mean, everybody wants to be courageous, but nobody wants to feel fear. It's yep. like that, it's, it's, you can't, mm -hmm. you can't have one without the other and to recognize that. Cool. So is that part clear that you have to learn to be okay with having a feeling and not running away from it? It's not a, it's not it. a bad sign. Cool. Next thing. And this is interesting because it kind of went with, uh, with the program as we went along. Letting go of the chip on your shoulder is really, really hard. 
And a lot of us are terrified to let go of that chip because we think this is the thing that's driving us and what's allowed us to have the success we've had until now. And besides that, if it creates more pressure on me, beautiful, because the more pressure, more diamonds. But the reality is that it's not true. There comes uh, beyond the point of diminishing return, there comes a point where it becomes negative. We've talked about this in the podcast several times about that performance pressure bell curve. And I explained it to the guys here as well. Like, first off, if you have a chip on your shoulder before all this, it might end up driving you in the wrong direction. You might be doing a lot of things to prove certain people wrong, but not actually do what you want because you got to prove them. That's a chip on your shoulder. Or you might want to prove something to yourself. And again, it'll drive you into the incorrect action instead of really thinking about things properly, being strategic and being a bit more patient. But beyond that, it can create undue pressure. And the performance pressure bell curve, again, if you've never seen any other podcasts or you've never heard us talk about it, imagine on the vertical, there's performance. And on the side part of that bell curve, there's pressure. Now, there's a certain point where a certain amount of pressure it makes your performance go up. This is things that you're really excited about, you're really passionate about. When you think, yourself, man, I really want to do this. This would be really cool. This sounds like an amazing opportunity. When you do things from that kind of motive, performance goes up. But when it starts tipping over and you feel this kind of pressure, like if I don't do this, then what does that mean about me? If I can't make this happen, am I really that good? Or if I can't take this also into business and do this and grow that, am I that person who failed back then? Am I that same person? And when we attach all these deeper meanings to certain things, and there's a lot of insecurity there, a lot of guilt, a lot of shame sometimes, that's when performance starts to dip. And what I've noticed a lot of time is that people keeping this chip on their shoulder, it actually takes them to that other part of the performance bell curve because it doesn't allow them to really step, take a step back and think logically and strategically about things. It creates this compulsion to do, to just do, 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 without even knowing if it's the right thing to do. This also um, looks at the motivation side of the equation, the motivation uh, internal block side of the yeah. equation. So the chip of your chip on your shoulder pushes the motivation up, jacks the motivation up. And often this will get you through the first stages of entrepreneurship. And then as you advance, you continue trying to harness that. You're terrified if you lose that, you will no longer be successful. Um, and this is at the point where you want to be getting rid of internal blocks, putting down the handbrake rather than jamming on the accelerator. Yeah. Um, yeah. And th this, I think is, this is, for me, on my personal journey, this was the hardest thing to let go of. Certain beliefs, for example, about the, the whole Al-Qaeda issue that I had, that, oh, not everyone's out to get me, th that was okay. That was very difficult, but I, I made it through it. But when I realized that I actually can let go, I should let go of the chip on my shoulder and not constantly tell myself, if I don't keep pushing as hard as humanly possible, I'm going to fail and suffer, it, it was terrifying. Because I was like, you know what, since that fair, that lapse I had since then, I've kept this kind of mindset, this chip on my shoulder that I have to grind harder than anybody. I have to be ultra disciplined. I have to never cave into anything. And I had some success in life. So I was like, okay, this is why. Because I thought default Edomar, he's soft and he will quit sometimes. But Edomar with his chip on his shoulder, this is why he's achieved success. And it was, it required honestly a big leap of faith. And it was one of the hardest things. It's probably the hardest thing again, I've done in this process. For me to say, you know what, I'm going to let go of this chip on my shoulder. And 
the reality was though that once I did that, things really started to go up. Like at first there was a little bit of a lull for like a month. I was a bit confused. <laughs> I didn't know what to do because I was doing all these actions before that were just because of the chip on my shoulder, not because of what I really wanted to do. But as soon as the dust settled, things really started to go up. And I noticed this for the guys in the program as well. I could see that a couple of days, they were a bit in a haze. But honestly, after that, even after a week, some of them were already shooting up. They, were, they had so much more clarity on what they actually wanted and what they actually should be doing once they removed that. And they didn't feel a compulsion to act out of that insecurity because all cheap on your shoulder really means that you have an insecurity. Once that insecurity wasn't driving them anymore, they were able to see things a lot more clearly. Yeah, I wanted to widen that definition of chip on your shoulder to insecurity, to yeah. false belief, to source of dark energy. Because for me, I didn't, I don't relate to a chip on my shoulder per se, and maybe that's ignorance. I don't know, but I definitely had the I need to work hard as hell for to succeed. I mean, we spoke about this um, multiple times and in the last arena, and only when I got rid of that belief could I actually start to be content and achieve happiness and, and other things beyond my dreams. Can I Is challenge that a chip you here? On my shoulder? Yeah, please. Yeah, Every well, time. So we've talked about it, and I'm only for, for context. Also, I'm only going to say this in a in a public perspective because I know we've talked about this before in public as well on the previous yeah. podcast. So your chip on your shoulder was that you wanted to prove your father wrong, that you made the right decision about leaving medicine and succeeding in entrepreneurship, and that was the insecurity that drove you to do so much to go 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 go. It wasn't that you were really playing your own game, saying I really want to build this giant business, da, da, da. It was that, but the bigger part of it from what I saw from the side was that you had this chip on your shoulder, that insecurity that I have to prove him wrong. Does that clear? Yeah, I would agree. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Yeah. We, I think we've done a whole episode on, on this. We did, yeah. not, we're, we're going to do one, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I think that's really the simplest way I would define a chip on your shoulder, just an insecurity that's driving you. Yeah. And again, it might have a powerful driving force, but it could very well be driving you in the wrong direction. And more often than not, it drives you in the wrong direction. So it's something that's very tough to shed. It requires a lot of courage and you taking a leap of faith. But from what I've seen, it is always worth it. Always, always worth it. 99.9% .9 of the time, it takes people and also a much better external upward trajectory. And I've literally seen only one case where it's caused somebody to say, you know what, actually, I don't want to achieve as much as I thought I wanted to achieve. One case. All the other cases, it's allowed people to achieve a lot more and in a much more enjoyable way because they're not just pulled by this insecurity that's driving. They're not living with that, with that kind of mindset all the time. Like, ah, I need to prove something wrong. It's more from a place of, of happiness or whatever you want to call it, or just excitement, enjoyment about life. And, and that's worth highlighting. So yes, in most, most cases, there's an external um, improvement, increase, abundance, money, whatever that is, business growth. But the other part of that, which is very important, is this feeling of contentment, enjoyment, coming from a place of flow, a place of uh, alignment, whatever you want to yeah. call it. I'll say why I say that. Why I said in that order. I wasn't ready to be sold on just the internal process when I did this. I was like, no, I want to achieve my external results. I want to achieve these things. And for me, if you would have said, listen, you can have more peace and more happiness, but you're going to have to sacrifice these results. I'd be like, no, I'm not ready to hear that. But the reality is, and this is the beautiful reality, you actually get better external results. Again, except for that one case, that black swan, so to speak. And that was also, he was very, very young and he had a lot of mixed, he had a lot of bad ideas in his head. Let's put it that way. 
But except for that one black swan, everybody has achieved more because of that. And you also get the internal benefits. And that's why I want to make that a point. You do get more because of that. Externally, all the achievements, whatever it may be, results, you get more. Because again, you don't have all this energy trying to think about how do I compensate for this insecurity? Instead, you have all your energy to think, what do I really want to accomplish? And what would be the best way to do that? The smartest, most elegant way to do that. This creates better results. Yeah. Yeah. It's the motivation cool. internal resistance equation. Again, you're yep. removing the internal resistance and the motivation will go. You don't need to um, jack it up with insecurities and fear and whatever else. Yeah. You're not, you don't have a lot to fight against. You don't need that much more motivation. Cool. So those were honestly the main lessons I wanted to share. These are themes that I thought across the individuals that went through the arena right now. A lot of them also, uh, I'm not going to say it, but they've a lot of them achieved a lot of really, really amazing results in their businesses and in their personal lives. And these were kind of themes that I saw across it. So one, you can't want approval and respect from everybody. You have to decide who you want that from. And a really simple hack, if you will, is to crave approval from your future self. When you're in a tough spot and you ask yourself, should I go this way or that way? If you simply ask, what will my future self be proud that I did? You'll probably know the answer. That's number one. Number two, life isn't supposed to be easy, especially if you're trying to accomplish really, really big things. So just because you have a stumble or you weren't able to do things on the first, second, or third go around, you shouldn't take that as a sign that you're not good, that you're not capable, you're not competent. Some things are just hard. And I think the sooner you can accept that, the less meaning you take onto why aren't you succeeding? Well, the reason you're not succeeding yet is because this is hard and it's a process. How Mia was saying about the white man mentality, it took me, I think, eight years to get a black belt. It takes time. That's just how it is. That's lesson two. Lesson number three is learn to be okay with feeling a feeling. And don't be scared when you meet it. You having a certain emotion doesn't necessarily mean it's an indicator that you're on the wrong path. It's just a part of the process at times. When you're really challenging the upper limits of your growth zone, and you're really going for big things, there will be certain emotions there. There'll be fear. There'll be discomfort. And you just got to accept the fact that they're going to be there. And again, don't use them as an indicator that, oh, if this is here, I need to run the other way. And the more you can be comfortable with these things and just be able to sit with these emotions and not fear them and not run away from them, the more powerful you become. Because again, you just take action after action after action after action. It doesn't destroy you. And finally... The last thing is that letting go on the chip of your shoulder is really, really hard, but it's extremely powerful because that chip on your shoulder, it's just an insecurity and it drives you towards the negative side of the performance pressure bell curve. And it just detracts from what you're actually capable of doing. And it's extremely tough to give it up. It requires a lot of courage, but again, 99.9% .9 of the time, it creates both amazing external results and a much more enjoyable internal process. And those were the main lessons, the four main lessons I wanted to share that I took away from this last cohort of the Arena Mindset Accelerator. Any last it. thing you want to add, Emil? No, those are great. Awesome. All right. So aside from that, we will see everybody on the next episode. Take care, guys. See you next week, guys. Thank you for listening to the Emotional Fortitude Podcast. Please tell a friend if you enjoyed it and found value in it. Three last things before you go, though. 
If you feel like someone else with your exact skill set and abilities could be accomplishing more than you currently are, that's a mindset and emotional access issue. And here are three ways I'd love to help you conquer any internal limitations, go big and win. One, three quick ideas Tuesday newsletter. It's a weekly email with three quick ideas around one aspect of elite performance and how to approach it differently to get better and faster results. People say it's the most thought provoking and impactful two minutes they spend in their inbox each week. It's easy to sign up to and easy to cancel and you can sign up at edamumryan.com slash three ideas. Two is the Emotional Fortitude Micro Course. It will help you build the emotional fortitude and confidently tackle any goal. It's the complete, nothing held back, emotional fortitude system in five simple parts. It's all under five minutes each module. See it, use it, and win. And it's completely free at edamumryan.com slash course. And number three, lastly, if you want to dive in and aggressively level up, the Arena Mindset Accelerator might be for you. It's a six-week intense sprint for entrepreneurs who are up for a dramatic transformation. It's an interactive live program where you'll be working with me in a very hands-on way to get clarity on what you want, build an effective mindset to optimize for your goals, and establish elite emotional fortitude that would allow you to overcome any fear or doubt that could get in your way. You can learn more at edamarmorani.com slash accelerator. You can find all of these links in the show notes below or go to itamarmorani.com and have a look around. Until next time, who dares wins.